This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. Oh, seven days to the day that we might find out about Congress. Barry still got the jitters. Mm, it's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Have Fingers you got crossed. two dollars up still? <laughs> if I could take a picture of that, oh, you guys would be impressed, or probably not. <laughs> so we will hear. I don't know. What's your gut feeling? That's a no, isn't it? No, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be optimistic and say, look, I reckon it just might happen. Well, I'm pleased that they've changed it from the 11th to the 14th to make a decision. Yeah, some people weren't happy about that, but some people wouldn't be happy about anything, Marianas. NZ Bridge clearly are really serious. They want this Congress to go ahead if they possibly can. And hey, the New Zealand Bridge, who could blame them for wanting that? Well, fingers crossed that we get some positive news next week. You had an email about Congress. Oh. Well, it was from Richard Solomon about Congress and said cool. if it goes ahead, and obviously they're hoping it will, would I be an appeals advisor for Waikato Bays, which I've done, and is not a very onerous job. But I always try to tell Richard that it is, that I work really hard, <laughs> long hours. He's like, yeah, 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 no, not. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> So now you have to tell me, what's an appeals advisor? Well, actually, anybody that's going to Congress probably needs to know this. If you were thinking about appealing against a director's decision or something that happened at the table, yep. you probably should go and talk to an appeals advisor first. So each region has their own appeals advisor. So I'm the Waikato Bays one. But, I mean, if you're from Central Districts and you want to talk to me, of course you can. Basically, before you actually make an appeal... And make a complete twat of yourself. <laughs> not that not the right words, but you know what I mean. <laughs> oh my god! Are you going to leave that bit in, or are you going to edit it? Oh, it's so much fun. See, anybody would think it was the blue position, but it's not. <laughs> this is what I normally have to put up with. Anyway, so if you don't want to do that, you can just say go to an appeals advisor and say, "Hey, look, this happened to me at the table. I'm thinking about appealing. Is that worthwhile, or is it?" any reason why I shouldn't do that or hmm. what the chances of me succeeding. Oh, okay. I don't think you're going to be very busy. Oh, well, I'm not usually, but I mean, you do occasionally have, have people come and see you about things and, you know, I don't think they're all going to be lined up all the way down to the lake, Mariana. <laughs> no, I mean, you're not going to be busy because if they come to see you, you think that they're a twat. <laughs> no, you're trying to avoid looking like a twat. <laughs> Sounds like a very good volunteer's position for you, Mr Jones. Oh, that's extremely well paid, Mariana. <laughs> Just like this one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the idea. You can go and ask an appeals advisor from any of the provinces. That's usually cool. named somewhere, and so yep. there's seven of them, and you can go along and say, is it worth me appealing? You know, what's, here's what happened. That's pretty good. The good news is that if you go and talk to an appeals advisor and then you appeal and you lose they will not judge it without merit as long as you've been to see an appeals advisor before you went. But if you just decide you'll go ahead and appeal anyway because you're really annoyed and they decide it's without merit, I think they can actually, you know, make you pay some money. Oh. Mm. You lose your deposit or whatever it is. Yep. But anyway, so... Was that something that we talked about 
last year Australia were introducing them, is it? Don't think so, but a year ago was a long time ago. Oh, that's right. You're 60 I was a young now. man then. Yeah, you're 60 now and you can't remember. <laughs> For anybody who's listening, I am definitely not 60 and I'm not 59 either. <laughs> that sounds good. At least they're gearing ahead as if Congress yep, is. They're going, going ahead as if it's going to happen. Nice. And let's just keep all our fingers and toes crossed and hope it goes ahead. So we have a book of the week, yeah? We do have a book of the week. I, we haven't had one for a while, so no. I thought I'll drag one in off the shelf. And this is quite a good one. And it's got the stunningly exciting title. Of? How to Play Card Combinations. Oh. Well, maybe not that stunning. <laughs> but there you go. It's by Mike Lawrence. Whole books have been written, folks, about how to play card combinations. Wow. He gives up a, a total of 52 hands. That's one for every week of the year talks about a card combination, uh, talks about some bidding and, you know, he should play certain combinations. What does it say or what is your recommendation or advice when you've got ace-king, say, 10-9 in your hand and in dummy you have 5-6-7 over there? What is the recommendation to play that if you're in, what, no trumps? Well, it's it's probably quite close. How many tricks do we need from this suit? Mm, say three. So if you need three, then there's probably two choices. You could play the ace first. Yep. And then you could play small towards the nine. Right. Small if they play low, put the nine in. And then assuming you've got plenty of entries to the dummy so you can do this yes. again, next time you go over there and you play the other small card. Yep. At this point presuming you lost to the jack or the queen the yeah. first time the card you don't want to see is a small card on your right because yeah. if there is a small card on your right you've given yourself a big problem mm. are you going to finesse the second time you'd think that would be sort of 75 percent you know you've taken two finesses once against the jack once yep. against the queen plus you've played the ace so that's protected against a singleton jack or a singleton queen mm. i think the odds are probably slightly in favor there of finessing again finessing but you'd again, feel yeah. like a real twat if it lost <laughs> and the person with queen jack and another one two tricks <laughs> the other thing that you could do is you could bang down ace king and hope that there was a doubleton jack or a doubleton queen right, yep and then you just play the 10 force and the other one out yep. that's probably quite good odds as well so that'll succeed against any three three break and any break where there's jack x or queen x right so that'll be like something like a third of the of the four two breaks and generally you'd have to do that sort of stuff earlier in the hand wouldn't you no not really not really no, if you've got not. a critical suit if you can delay the playing of that suit as long as possible it's usually oh, a good idea have a little look around to see what see what happens there. in another suit if somebody if the hand on your left shows up with a six card suit somewhere else yep. then it's probably a good idea to play the hand on your right to mm. have the queen or both the queen and the jack of the, of the suit that you're missing in on this example. Yeah. Good example there, Mariana. Thank you. Hey, you also mentioned about percentage play. You, you pulled out the 75%. When you're playing, do you actually think about percentages on almost every card you play at the very beginning? No, I don't. Too lazy. I was going to say that. There's that lazy card again, isn't it? <laughs> What's ever easiest for this lad? He's into that. In reality... All you do really is work out what is the 
most likely line to succeed. Don't actually work out the exact percentages. You just think which is the best line to succeed. And I mean, you know, things like if you've got a 4-4 fit, the suits are likely to break 3-2, 67% of the time. Most of the time. All That's you need to know is that... Percentages again. All you know <laughs> is that most of the time it's going to break 3-2. Yeah. Right? But occasionally it's going to break 4-1. And if you can when you're playing, if the contract you're in looks like a really good one and not much can go wrong, is there anything I can do if the Trumps are 4-1? If you're in a really bad contract, try and think of some likely layout where it might make. But if you're in a really good contract where it looks like your old granny could make it, think of what might go wrong and try and protect against that if you can. Yeah, that's a good tip. Okay, we'll do another one to put it in my pipe and smoke it. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Judge Julie, I have a question. Oh, no. Can you tell me what the age is to qualify for the senior, or in particular, putting your name down for the Bermuda Bowl seniors? At the moment, the seniors level is having an age increase, so they are slowly moving the age up to a higher level. They've done this before. I remember many years ago, I think it was about 55. I think Andy Braithwaite was forever just not qualifying because it was timed around his birthday, really. Not many years ago. Sorry, Andy, if you're listening to this. (laughs) Hey, Julie, it was his birthday and he let it slide through. And I know I've always been saying that he's nearing 60. Well, I reckon he's 60. So my question is, does he qualify for seniors? No, I'm not. Once I'm not upon 60. a time, he actually would have qualified for the seniors, but no, he absolutely does not. Next year, it is 62. So I think it's 62 this year. Every second year, they move out the year at the moment. Oh. So you have to be 62 in the year that you are playing for the seniors or older. At the moment, Patrick and I now qualify next year as a partnership to play in the seniors if we want to. What age are they trying to increase it to, Julie? Is it 65? I don't know. I think it might be. I'm not sure. Just at the moment, just every two years, it moves out again. I'm not too sure where the stop point is at the moment on this. I'd have to look on the WBF site. And I mean, noticeably, youth used to be quite young, and they are moving the line for that out and making it older. I think there are some events now that are restricted, like under 30. Again, I don't know 100%. God, if they keep increasing that, maybe I'll qualify for youth. Do you think, Julie? <laughs> you got well, two hopes sure old Anna man. And I will agree that we think you're in your second childhood, Barry. <laughs> Well, I tell you, in my squash days, you were able to play in Masters for ladies, 35, the men were 40. Well, physical sports obviously have a have an issue about your ability to maintain a high level of fitness and strength, depending on what it actually is. But yes, a lot of the Masters games that they have, I think around 50, 55, there's yep. a whole raft of different ages, and seniors are sort of misleading as well as we have senior players who are good players and in the open field, and then we have a level called seniors, which is for people that are older. So it's very confusing at times about what those gradings yeah. actually mean and who they refer to. And Julie, is just to confuse things even further, is it not true that for the New Zealand interprovincial seniors, is that a different age category to the one that you're talking about for the worlds? 
Well, yes, the world run is next year, right? Yep. The interprovincials are this year. Yep. This year, Patrick and I don't qualify. It is the same age groups as the world's, is that right? It okay. is meant to be. I think last year there was a bit of confusion about what was and wasn't happening. I know that, I think that there was something that wasn't quite right. But they are meant to be the same as the WBF. We generally, New Zealand Bridge tournaments and everything else, we look at our alerts in regard to what is required. For example, when our players go overseas that they are aware of what they're required to do and our age groups and our rules around those representation tend to be the same just because it gives us easy guidelines that are independent so we've got some clear-cut rules about what they are and aren't. Okay. So there are two reasons why it is easier for me to shoot my age than it is for Patrick and Julie. One is we're not so bad at golf, and the other. <laughs> they shout when it's their birthday. This fella over here, I've always said every time he opens his jolly wallet, all the moss fly out. <laughs> I aim to shoot my age in the first nine, I'm that bad at golf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It sounds like we're all gearing up for the international circuit. <laughs> oh, well, we're probably hopeful more than expectant, I guess, Julie. Yeah. I mean, who knows if Bermuda's actually even going to be a happening thing. There's a reasonable amount of talk that it may well not happen. Mm. Again, we're still stuck with how bad COVID is overseas and what is happening. I mean, who knows what's happening in 2021. It's scheduled for about October, isn't it, or something like that? September, October? Yeah, it's, it's late yeah. next year, but I know there are issues around it where people are just not certain. Now, initially, they were they were talking about it being in Italy originally, weren't they? The same as the other ones, but I mean, there's no, no real talk about where it might be. That'll be the least of their worries at the moment, I guess. You ever think so? Oh, well, scary thought. October, we're already fretting about October next year. I'll tell you what, I think I'd probably bet against it. You reckon? Yeah, I Got a lazy $2 coin over there? (laughs) 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 Yes, I think it's unlikely that all countries are going to be in a position to send somebody to wherever the heck they think it is that's safe. Yeah, that's a point. Fingers crossed. At the moment, Congress is next on the list. I'll be happy if that goes ahead, let alone anything else. Yeah, so have you got any thoughts about Congress? Have you heard anything being up there in Auckland, Julie? No, nothing at all. I mean, we're not, I'm not too sure that we're welcome anywhere in the country at the moment, <laughs> apart from anything else. So, no, nothing about Congress. And I mean, I was just reading the bulletin from the chair. About directing in the chairman's report, Julie, talking about the shortage of directors. I'm not talking about their height, by the way. I'm just pointing that out. <laughs> well, and yes, the I only person that, that would bring it up would be you. <laughs> it is always a problem for us to have people come through and direct. And directing is a joy most of the time. You meet a lot of people, you can encourage those people that are new to the game. You get a really good understanding of the laws, so one would hope they could be simplified, but that's not up to New Zealand, it's up to the WBF. But the biggest problem we have is people just are not polite to the people that are putting their hand up for voluntary time for most of the country to do a job. And and it is a tragedy that when you stand up and you direct that you make a ruling, there are ways where people can argue about it through appeal committees and other means, but mainly appeal committees. They don't have to be rude at the table to the people. 
And if you're at a club and someone's volunteering, you should be there supporting them every single day they turn up. It is such a hard job when you are nervous and you are unsure and everybody thinks they know better than you. I'm sorry, there's another one of my... Um, so that's the, So you see that as the biggest barrier to people directing is probably the attitude of bridge players to them, Julie? Where do you but, learn? Yeah. You yeah. learn by going along to your club and doing it. I mean, I was just so lucky. I had Brian Northcote in Palmerston North, who was a really good director, uh, directed at our first congresses, and was really supportive. I directed on the senior night because that is the night where people know the rules and they will help you. They won't be rude to you, or at least that is what happened for me. Then I, when I moved to Christchurch, Michael Sykes, again, just so supportive, a really good player and really helpful and just about helping me and about the way I dealt with people and just generally being really good. So I had really good mentors and Michael Sykes is not a director. That was more about interpersonal skills. But I had support from the players that were quite good and they helped me. Now, I get phone calls all the time from people who just don't want to direct because they give a ruling and the people just don't want to listen and they think they know better. And we have appeal committees or committees have ways of referring it to a player to get a review. There are plenty of things you can do. Other than abuse the director. <laughs> Be kind. I mean, seriously, these people give up their time and do it for nothing. And they don't get a lot in return. And we wonder why we can't keep them. True. Mm. What's your feeling then against playing directors? We may have talked about this before. Uh, playing directors is a really hard job. You can't play and direct if you're getting lots of calls. It's just, I mean, no matter how good you are, the continual interruption will cause problems and knowing about the hands. But with small clubs, we just want things to keep moving. And to a large degree, a director's job is about, you know, people enjoying the night and playing to time. A lot of committees, a lot of clubs dictate to directors what they must or mustn't do. And a lot of time without regard to what is actually required to make things work and how things operate. But we're stuck. If we've got small groups, we are playing directors. One of the things that is noticeable that most of our best national directors come from areas where you get paid to direct. So it's not just, it might not be a lot of payment, all right, but it is at least something that says we are employing you so you should be, you know, professional and, and we mm. trust you and we think you're doing a good job and you get some recompense. Volunteering and doing something because you feel like it and doing something and being paid for it is a different approach and it is not as I said noticeable that our best directors have tended to come from areas in the country where you are employed rather than where you just turn up yeah. and give your time and help out yeah that's right I guess that you're and saying also the players at your club if you're being paid I think that they also tend to show you some respect because you're you've got a value Right? And I'm not saying volunteers don't have value because I think they have amazing value. Yeah. I just think we treat them as though they have yeah. when mm. we shot. So I guess if directing's a tough gig, playing and directing at the same time is twice as difficult. Oh, it can be really, really hard. And the larger the numbers, the more impossible it gets. Yeah. And of course, at this time, where clubs are getting no money at all, 
right, because we're closed, it makes it even harder for clubs to operate and everything else to happen. Right. Food yeah, for if only there was a, a silver bullet to get more people to come and direct. Okay, well, thank you very much. It's good. It's quite all right. Have a good week. Do you reckon you can make the Auckland Interprovincial team, Mariana? Oh, it's pretty long shot, particularly <laughs> since I don't even live up in that ah, region. Well, that's one, thing against, that's one thing against you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have heard they have named their team, and Barry is oof, over the moon to share it with you. So here it is. It's a pretty hot team, Mariana. It was selected, Very. of course, so this is like the dream team. So the open team is Mike Weir and Tom Jacob. Gayo Tislevolve and Nick Jacob. The women's team is Carol Richardson and Andy Bowie, Linda Cartner and Glennis Palmer, all many-time internationals, all of these people just about. Then the seniors team is Bob Grover and Eileen Horseman, Grant Jarvis and Malcolm Mayer. Very strong. The intermediate team, and you might know more about some of these than me, is Andrew Durance, Linda Phillips, Barbara Imlach and Annette Martin. And the oh. shift to mission is Douglas Russell. Oh, I hope he takes his guitar and sings them songs. Oh, really? Is he pretty good? Yeah, he's pretty good. I could tell you some stories about Douglas Russell and some hot butter, but I better not. (laughs) Well, Douglas, if you're listening, maybe you should ring (laughs) us up and tell the story yourself because you know this guy's going to exaggerate the hell out of it. (laughs) You've got some other goths, though, haven't you? I was talking to Steve Bowie. Well, I was texting him, actually, and he was lamenting the fact that he hadn't made the Interprovincial Open team. He said (laughs) it's taken him 30 years to get to Gold Grandmaster. He got an international partner, Matthew Brown, to play with him. Whoop, whoop. Still not good enough to make the Auckland Interprovincial (laughs) team. Is he going to an appeals advisor? (laughs) Well, he... I asked him if I could broadcast their names on air, and he said, why not? We need all the sympathy we can get. (laughs) Oh, how cute. So I also noticed on Facebook, so I suppose I can broadcast this as well, Pamela Nisbet and Jan Cormack had their name down for the woman, and they they didn't make the women's team either. They're both many-time internationals. That's how tough it is to get into the Auckland Interprovincial team. Wow. Waikato Bays don't have that luxury, and I'm sure most of the other provinces don't either. I know. Oh, to have that depth. Yeah, Goodness ab- me. Absolutely. So I reckon Auckland are hot favourites to win the Dougal McLean Trophy this year. So just remember where you hit it first on the bridge zone. <laughs> but they're probably only paying about a dollar two to win. Wow. Hey, we should be able to put a sweepstake out about that. Well, you it's a little know. way off. If we don't have Congress and we don't have anything else, maybe that's going to be the main event of the year. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Everybody be on the view graph. I hope they do that. Do you think so? Well, they, they often do. And look, there's not much on view graph at the moment on BBO, so they're probably hanging out for a view graph event. Ooh. It'd be great if we can have it. It'll probably get people all around the world looking. I just hope I'm not on there making an idiot of myself. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure they'll all be laughing on the inside. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring Bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. Our friend of the Bridge Zone, Richard Solomon's putting a hand that I butchered the other day. It's, it's <gasps> New going Zealand Bridge the... website? Yeah, so anyway, he asked me if it was okay, and I said, well, you know, not really, but why not? <laughs> What'd you do? I let four hearts doubled make. Ooh. By the time this is broadcast, people will probably have read about yep. what I did. Led the wrong thing. Whoops. If you're going to double, you should know what to lead, and I didn't. Well, actually, we were playing against you the other night, and there was a hand six hearts, open strong, 
and you showed zero to four and then three no and then six hearts was bid i was struggling for a lead there i had six diamonds to the ten three to the king of clubs and three to the jack of spades i was like oh i wonder what they've got they've obviously can make six if you do something and i thought i'm gonna hide my king of clubs so i decided to lead a high diamond just saying i don't really like this i I don't know i didn't really have much and so i led a high diamond and i was like wow that worked out but in that case when you've got really nothing and one person's obviously got a strong hand partner's given no indication is leading from your longer suit a good lead i remember somebody telling me once length is your friend but (laughs) i don't know it was quite a difficult one in reality the only thing that you could do to let it make was lead a club yes that was the only lead that would let it make because jenny had a huge hand and she'd gambled on me having something well your zero to four could have been the ace of diamonds or the king of clubs couldn't it or it could have been the jack of hearts would have done yep the jack of hearts would have done she could have got to my hand and finessed the club club. so there was lots of chances in fact it was interesting although six hearts can't make unless somebody leads a club Mm. uh, which I don't think anybody's going to do because if the other hand was on lead they were on lead with ace king of diamonds so they had a pretty easy lead as well half of the field had a look 14 tables exactly half of the field had actually bid six hearts and gambled that they were going to find something useful in partners hands and i did have a couple of queens neither of them was any use at all jack of hearts or king of clubs would have been awesome or ace of diamonds so you reckon it's right when you've got virtually nothing and you sort of do want to try and hide your king i wondered how many people actually led a trump it's dependent really on what's happened during the auction if it looks like you're outgunned and they're bidding a slam in a suit obviously they've got lots of points and they've got lots of tricks if you just make a passive lead your passive lead may not do much good particularly if there's another long suit that somebody's promised and it looks like all their losers are going to go on that so they say they're in six hearts and the other hand's shown a long club suit and you don't think oh my god everything's going to go on those clubs that is quite often a time to make an attacking lead so leading away from your kings. I know you probably all remember, oh, don't lead away from kings, it's terrible. When you're defending a slam, you really are up against it. The only thing you've got in your favour is you've got the opening lead. Making a passive lead is not always great. This doesn't come with any guarantees, Marianne. I don't want people writing in. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, yes, you do. The time to make a passive lead is if they are both balanced hands and they're going to have to do the work themselves that your losers aren't going to go anywhere maybe that's the time to lead a trump or make a passive lead mm. but, okay. but against a suit where they've got lots of points the only thing you've got going for you is that opening lead mariana yep. so i think it's not a great idea to waste it on a passive lead you need to try and establish a trick for your side somewhere and a trump lead is about the most non-attacking lead you can make in a lot of cases <laughs> i must admit i don't tend to lead trumps a lot, even if it's in just a game contract. I think it might have been Stephen Burgess who said that one of the downsides of leading a Trump is partner's not going to rough it. That's a good one. <laughs> Next week we'll be closer. We will have also confirmation from our friend overseas, Notting Hill, London, Andrew Robson. He should be joining us real soon. So that'll be exciting. That'll be exciting. It will be good. If you can, please send us in some emails. I don't know if you've got an opinion about Barry Jones being the Waikato Bay's 
appeals advisor. <laughs> How tough it is to get into the Auckland Interprovincial team or any other team? Send in your commiserations. We'll pass them on to Steve Bridgestone Show at gmail.com. Yep. Catch you next week, peeps. And we'll have all the news on the Congress, we hope. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.